Welcome back to the Pokes Cast. I'm Ryan Thorburn, Wyoming beat writer for the Casper Star Tribune. And I'm finally back. It's been a while. I've had uh, an interesting summer kind of uh, going back out to Oregon and getting my family set to move out to Laramie. Just loaded a storage shed with all of our belongings in Laramie and, and getting ready to head to Las Vegas for Mountain West Football Media Day. So it's been a whirlwind, but I, I'm excited to be in on the ground floor of this season after kind of joining it midstream last fall camp and excited to make this podcast more of a consistent uh, go-to for Wyoming fans throughout the season. And uh, pleased to be joined right now by Robert Gagliardi, longtime Wyoming beat writer, now um, <clears throat> working for the Wyoming Game and Fish Department and doing us a huge favor by, you know, giving us his knowledge and time to talk about Wyoming football, basketball, and more. Robert, how's your summer going, my man? Way too fast, Ryan. It's hard to believe that, you know, it, was, it just seems like just a little bit ago, we're looking forward to summer, all the plans, all the stuff you wanted to do and everything. And now it's already you know, mid to late July, it feels, it doesn't feel like summer's over, but it just feels like it, it's gone so fast. And I'm just wondering, why doesn't winter go this fast when you live in Wyoming? Why doesn't winter seem to just fly by, so to speak, but summer does. I, I'm still trying to figure that one out, but uh, but it's been good so far, but just fast uh, and uh, maybe not quite as eventful as yours and, and all your uh, uh, all your stuff going on, but it's 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 good. And hopefully we still got some Summer left, but you know, like you said, it's this time of year. The media days, not just for the Mountain West, but a lot of other conferences are doing theirs too. So we're we're getting back into football mode, and no matter what, that's all. That's never a bad thing, I don't think. I hope your summer goes on another month, two months. As someone who's out of the sports writing business, mine is over because it's Christmas in July for college football fans. With the media days, it kind of gets you in that mindset when the, when the coaches and select players gather in one place, you know, which has been missing in recent years because of COVID, obviously, uh, you know, I, I'm just looking forward to talking with all 12 Mountain West football coaches one-on-one -on -one and, you know, two players from each team and getting to know the conference better. You know, I, I a quick transition to what we kind of want to start talking about is, you know, I covered, many Pac-12 media days in Los Angeles and, you know, Larry Scott was the commissioner and it was a bunch of hot air and word salad and let's get together at a five-star hotel and spend money that we don't have. And, and all these years later, now the Pac-12, you know, I was in Eugene when the news broke, John Wilner tweeted, UCLA and USC are headed to the Big Ten. I clicked on the tweet, enlarged it, reread it, made sure it was a blue checked John Wilner, just a stunning development. And this realignment thing continues. And obviously, you know, when Craig Thompson speaks to the media on Wednesday in Las Vegas, he's going to get grilled about this again, as he did last year when Texas and Oklahoma announced they were going to the SEC and the big 12 was looking to expand. It was like, okay, are any Mountain West teams going to the big 12? Now it is, Will the pack, what is going to be Pac-10, you know, look to add a San Diego State or look to add a Boise State out of desperation just to have strength in numbers? Just what, what are your thoughts on this year's realignment news? Because this one's more jarring to me. I kind of have always viewed Texas 
not necessarily as an SEC team, but as a team that caused a lot of dysfunction in the Big 12, everyone was jealous of them. They had the better deal. They had the Longhorn Network. It wasn't equal footing. They're going to be now on equal footing with SEC teams. But the Pac-12, before that the Pac-10, before that the Pac-8, has always seemed like the perfect conference to me with the traveling partners and just the academics and, and everything. And now to have your two flagship schools leave, I was pretty jarred by it, actually, even though financially I understand why. Yeah, financially I understand why. But, but, but part of that, too, Ryan, is what another thing that floored me with this is, like, I don't know if the Pac-12 was ever going to be on par financially of like the Big Ten or the SEC, but it just it was staggering to me that how far behind the Pac-12 was with those with those other Power Five you know schools. I mean, it was pretty marked. And we're look, we're talking millions and millions of dollars. It's it's kind of relative to some people, but it just was still surprising just how far behind they were. So. Yeah, financially it makes sense, but it also says to me, and I remember one of the Mountain West media days I covered when Utah was still in the league, when Kyle Winningham told me, and he said this to a lot of other reporters, but I was talking to him one-on-one, he goes, there's, there's going to be four mega conferences in college football, and that when that's going to come, I don't know, he said, but it's going to happen, and this to me, this this latest thing is just another step in that direction, right? And, and maybe there, there was there's certainly been other steps, but that's just another step. And obviously, geography doesn't make a difference. We've known in other past realignment moves that rivalries and traditions and all that doesn't make any difference. It's the money grab. And what's interesting now, too, is a lot of these uh, uh, broadcast rights or all these other contracts are coming up, and now that throws a whole nother wrench and we're, you know, money's going to be flowing just like, like wine, so to speak. But... Um, it, it did floor me. It jarred me. Um, and it makes me think that, you know, what's going to happen here. And you just kind of hit on it is the PAC 12 or PAC 10 or whatever you want to call them going to, you know, they're going to go dip into the mountain West or does Craig Thompson and his folks at the mountain West see an opportunity to bolster its league and somehow maybe try to go see if what they can take from the PAC 10 or PAC 12 to bolster their league. And we've seen Ryan, you know, Craig Thompson and his, and his staff, They've kept the Mountain West afloat. They've kept it viable, so to speak, at least among the group of five. But could this be an opportunity to really bolster its league long term? Now, you know, what's whose hand is it? Who's, whose turn is it? What's going to happen? That's the next intriguing thing for me. Yeah, I think uh, Kyle Whittingham was partially right that year he talked to you. It's going to be two super conferences, right. SEC <laughs> The SEC, which people joke is now the ESPN conference, and the Big Ten, which is the Fox conference. There's two power conferences right now. You know, the Pac-12 without the two LA schools, and they just are negotiating their new deal right now, just lost 60% of their value as far as TV goes. So they're going to be dropping down even more than they were before. So the, the chasm between them and the Big Ten and SEC is if they even survive is going to be even greater. So now there's talk of, you know, creating some sort of TV agreement with the ACC where they cross schedule and and kind of come up with a new deal, (coughs) given that the ACC is locked into their deal, you know, I think until uh, 2036 or something, which is the only thing keeping them together and not being rated by the SEC. So, you know, I think you have two, 
super conferences. You have three former Power Five conferences trying to survive. And then you have the rest of the nation, including Wyoming, uh, just kind of hanging on. And that brings me to more of a Mountain West centric point. You know, the disappointing thing is, I think everyone kind of knew the Pac-12 was in trouble. That's why they, you know, terminated Larry Scott's deal a year early. Uh, you know, he talked every year about, you know, the Pac-12 network is struggling and we can't get it on direct TV and, and, and no one is watching, but we own our own network. We own our rights. And when 2024 comes around, it's going to pay off. Well, we're at 2022 and the LA market is gone which is very scary, not only for Oregon, but all the remaining schools, including Colorado, because they, the, their number one benefit from being in the Pac-12 is recruiting Los Angeles. And now you don't have that recruiting ground, or at least, you know, you can't get a cave on Thibodeau to Oregon and say, yeah, you're going to play SC in LA. You're going to, you know, be on the West Coast. You're still going to be close to LA. That's, that's going to be gone soon. And I, I'm curious to see how that impacts Oregon, which is, you know, a top 10 college football brand, but right now is on the outside looking in kind of like Boise state is, is a good brand that can't quite get up to that next peg. So, uh, but in terms of disappointment, if you're Craig Thompson, you know, he was on this committee with Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner and the Notre Dame athletic director and the big 12 commissioner and they came up over a year ago with a brilliant 12 team playoff scenario that was universally beloved you know on social media it included you know uh, automatic bids for the top 6 conferences which means if you're the Mountain West there's at the time were five power five conferences so if you're the best group of five worst case scenario you're still in or you could even have a, a greater strength for your champion than the Pac-12 champion in some years or whatever. So it was a great deal in terms of the Mountain West finally getting access to the playoff. And, you know, every, the top six conferences, like I said, would have access. And then you would still have, you know, the six at-large bids, which would, you know, would have satisfied the SEC who wants two, three teams in and the Big Ten, same thing. So it, it was a great plan. And then these new commissioners, you know, namely out West, George Klyakov of the PAC 12 said, no, we want to investigate it. We don't want that. We want, we don't, we want to make sure our conference for sure is in. We don't want like the wording of the top six, like, like we're scared to beat out the Sun Belt and the Mountain West. I mean, come on. And now all of a sudden today, uh, you know, Monday, Greg Sankey is saying, yeah, we're going to, uh, Basically, do that was a that was an olive branch we were giving out. Now the SEC and maybe the Big Ten are going to say, "Yeah, we'll do an eight-team playoff, but it's all at large," which means it's probably going to be a, some combination of six, you know, four SEC teams, two or three Big Ten teams, and then maybe if you're having a super special year in one of the other conferences, you could sneak in there. But you know, I, I just that's what I want to ask Craig Thompson if someone else doesn't like how big a miscalculation was that by the PAC 12 commissioner, the ACC commissioner. And, you know, you understand it from the big 10, they didn't really have a need to, to be in a rush about the playoff because they're going to be in regardless, but 
the ACC and the Pac-12 now, are, I think, are, are in big trouble in large part, not just because of the media money separation, but because they didn't get on board with that playoff immediately and say, thank you for putting this together, SEC and, and everyone else. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know, the whole realignment thing, but you just went through the scenarios with the playoff and what is that going to look like? How does that alter future plans, future looks of how big it's going to be, how small it's going to be, access to it? I mean, it's not just like who's going to play who every year, or who's moving to what conference. It's like it's the whole landscape of college football. And in a lot of respects, college athletics, not just college football, that's going to happen with this. Because we know, Ryan, the, you know, the college football drives the bus in college sports. And, you know, don't tell Kansas basketball or North Carolina basketball that, but they know it. They may not come out and say it, but they know it. So this isn't just a college football thing. This is a college athletics thing, and it's going to change the landscape. However, this plays out or what the next domino falls, it's going. I think it's going to vastly change the whole landscape, maybe as much, maybe even more from that first round of the first real huge round of realignment we had, what, seven, eight years ago. Yeah, and you can say, Ryan, who cares about the college football playoff? Wyoming, that has nothing to do with Wyoming anyway. Well, no, probably not in our lifetime. But you need to have that on the recruiting trail to say, yes, if you come here and we win a Mountain West championship and we're having a season where we're ranked high enough, we have a shot to win a national championship or at least play in the tournament. I mean, that's what's so great about the NCAA basketball tournament. I mean, Wyoming had a shot to make a run. They didn't do it last year, but they got, got another shot this year. I mean, that's what makes it such a special event. So, you know, I just think, you know, a lot of people in this area like the FCS, FCS playoff, which is a great thing, but the college football playoff at the highest level is, you know, very special and very lucrative thing. And the Mountain West if they're not a part of it, I just don't know what the future is if they go down to a different level or just how that works. I don't know what how it looks either, Ryan, but I could certainly see something where if the Mountain West isn't part of it or something where the, the group of five, whatever, whatever they if they call themselves a group of five or they rebrand it somehow, they do their own thing and maybe they do create a, a, a a playoff system similar to the FCS, or maybe they keep the bull system or they incorporate it somehow. I mean, we could probably sit here, we could probably talk all day long about possible scenarios and stuff, but you know, you brought up a good point with Wyoming. Yeah. Does, is Wyoming really going to be a player in this? I, I don't know yet. Yeah, you're right. Probably not, but, but it also gives motivation. I mean, yeah, you're still, you know, Craig bull, you, you, you know, this, you've been told this by Craig bull. We, you know, we all have his, his, vision for the program is to you know, have a laser-like focus to to win a Mountain West championship and to get a, a quality education. Well, part of winning that conference championship could also mean, and no disrespect intended, but better than playing in the, uh, you know, what LA Bowl in LA were, you know, or whatever, you, maybe you get a chance to play in a, a Fiesta Bowl type game. You know what I mean? That's that's just, is that is that going to, you know, all of a sudden get Wyoming five-star recruits coming to Laramie? No. But again, you know, you're throwing a little extra stuff in there for that. But more than anything, whether Tom Berman, you know, Matt Wisna, the, the administrators are over there looking at this because there's, you know, there's significant money involved here. And when you're in Wyoming, you know, a couple million dollars to Alabama and USC and stuff isn't a ton of money. A couple million dollars in college athletics isn't a lot of money, period. But a couple million dollars to Wyoming's athletic budget 
that's you know very, you know they do with, with what they can that's that's significant you know and now we're going to be talking maybe possibly tens of million more depending on media rights how this changes no matter if, you know why not going anywhere as far as the mountain west goes but a lot of that stuff can change and a lot of how wyoming does business how wyoming athletics does business could certainly change a lot in these coming days and years about how, how these meteorites go and who goes where and what's going to happen. So um, on the on the field and recruiting, is a change a lot? Probably, you're right, Ryan, probably not. But if it, but in a lot of other places, it, it certainly can change. And it could really determine a lot of things what Wyoming wants to do or can't do or will do infrastructure-wise, things like that down the road with how this all plays out. So moving on to kind of the, the 2022 season, you know, I don't think anything's going to happen with Mountain West teams right now. I think the Pac-12 is going to negotiate and see what they can come up with, you know, whether that's scheduling ACC teams and creating some sort of a media deal there or trying to pick off some Big 12 schools or vice versa. I think that they're at a stalemate right now. I think the key thing is what is Notre Dame going to do? Are they going to join the Big 10? If they did, I could see Stanford joining them or, or something like that. But right now, I, I think it's kind of, uh, you know, two moves at a time, like we saw last year with OU Texas this year, UCLA, USC. I think next year, there'll probably be more bombshells. But I think right now, the Mountain West is, is in pretty good shape for this upcoming season. Their uh, media days are this, you know, Wednesday, Thursday in Las Vegas, in person. I'll be there. Really looking forward to it, like I said. You know, where do you think Wyoming is going to be picked? I voted them fourth in the mountain division. Uh, I think they have, you know, room to grow there. I think they could overachieve this year, like they underachieved last year when they were picked second in the mountain division. But I had them fourth. I think the voters will probably have them fifth. I think there's enough excitement at Colorado State with with Jay Norvell that they'll probably be picked ahead of Wyoming. So uh, how do you see uh, kind of Wyoming's, you know, expectations from the outside world. I kind of, just kind of how you spelled it out, Ryan, I could see them being picked, uh, uh, you know, no higher than fourth, probably fifth. I, I I wouldn't be surprised if there's some people around the league that probably would maybe pick them last because I think there seems to be some budding enthusiasm uh, at New Mexico of, of you know, Danny Gonzalez getting getting things going there, starting to kind of get his his program going. So th- that's kind of where I expect. And, you know, I think as, as, as a lot of Wyoming fans can attest, you know, it's all, I think Wyoming sometimes often thrives, no matter who the coach was or whatever, when they're kind of picked in the, not expected to do much or nothing at all. They tend to a lot more often, a lot of times surprise people. And, and I know if you're, you know, look, Ryan, we've covered enough media days, whether we covered Wyoming or what, or whatever teams we're covering, you know, this stuff actually doesn't mean much to coaches, doesn't mean much to players. They may say, oh, it's motivation for us. And, and I'm not down displacing that, but this is fine for Wyoming, you know, at least as far as some of its history. You know, you you probably see, too, some of the, a lot of the preseason awards are coming out, are starting to come out, and you see other stuff on social media about, oh, the top 50 offensive line combinations in the country, you know. You're not seeing Wyoming listed on a lot of this, a lot of these things, Okay. So maybe that's just, you know, why I'm just kind of lurking in the weeds. Uh, I think the coaches, I think there's a good feel in the program for what it has. And, you know, let Wyoming kind of surprise some people. Don't act with, don't, they don't need the extra expectations on their shoulders, so to speak. So I think this actually could kind of favor Wyoming a little bit. Just let them kind of lurk there and see what happens. But 
I yeah, I, I expect no higher. I'd be I'd be quite surprised if they had him fourth, fifth place in the preseason makes a lot of sense. But then again, we'll see what happens come postseason where that is. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it in the spring. I, I feel like this is going to be a better team than last year. They were seven and six last year, but really an unacceptable two and six in Mountain West play, and that's going to factor heavily. You know, I admit I don't know a lot about San Jose State football and UNLV football. I mean, I cover Wyoming. So a lot of these writers are just, you know, read whoever's stuff, my stuff, whoever's, and see all the portal transactions and that they underachieved last year, and they're going to they're gonna vote them down. Now, I voted Air Force to win the Mountain Division. I think they're just consistently good. I'm not sold on Boise State you know, as a, as a Mountain West power anymore. I think they're one of the better te- programs in the Mountain West, obviously, but, you know, let's see what Andy Avalos can do in year two. But uh, I just think Air Force's consistency, I put them one, Boise two, and reigning champion Utah State three. Now, what I will say about Wyoming uh, along that theme of being a surprise team is if they're able to reestablish their home field advantage, they're going to be a major factor in this race because uh, those teams, Air Force, Boise State, and Utah State, all come to Laramie this year, and and schedule has a lot to do with with championship runs sometimes. So uh, I think that's something that maybe a lot of voters won't think about, but you know the schedule is important, and and you know New Mexico's had Wyoming's number, but that road trip to Albuquerque should be a winnable road game, and uh, you know other than playing at Fresno State, you know. I don't think uh, there's a lot of uh, road games that are impossible for Wyoming this year. So uh, it'll be fun to see. You never know. Predictions are, are made to be wrong. Um, as far as the all-conference team, you know, I think I had three Wyoming guys. I think I, I definitely had uh, Cole Goodbow in there. I think he's one of the best defensive linemen. I had him first team. You know, I, I had Titus Swin as one of the two running backs. I think he's you know, obviously the bell cow and one of the keys to Wyoming's offense, run heavy offense. And I put Easton Gibbs in there. I know there's other really good linebackers and, and I can't remember how many you pick, but I'm just trusting the track record of Logan Wilson followed by Chad Muma. Now Easton is stepping into that mic spot. And based on everything I heard, you know, in the spring, if this guy stays healthy, he's going to, he's going to be a monster in there as well. I like those picks, Ryan. If, if I was thinking if I was doing an, on, an all-conference thing, I would probably have gone with those Wyoming guys, you know, offensive line. You know, I don't know, maybe Frank Crown is starting to kind of emerge, but I don't know if that's if it's too early to kind of put a preseason all-conference moniker on him quite yet. Um, but, I think I might have had Frank on there too, as you as, know. You know, maybe that, that's certainly a, that's another possibility, possibly. But it's also in, in, I don't think this is coming as a shock to anyone that that follows Mountain West football or college football in general, but the teams that are going to be picked at the top of the, of the preseason of the preseason polls are probably teams that have their starting quarterbacks returning and, and also probably a lot of other guys too, but you know, Fresno state's probably going to be picked. It sounds to me just from the outside looking in, they're probably going to be an, an overwhelming pick to win the, the, the West, the, the West division. I know San Diego, State's always in there and stuff, but you know, sounds like Fresno, you know, with Jake Ainer, uh, they got they got some guys coming back. So, you know, the teams with the quarterbacks, and obviously Wyoming's not one of those teams. They have to find a 
a starting quarterback. And, you know, as we, you know, I'm sure we'll do, we'll talk about this more down the road, but how, how this develops in camp, you know, with, with Peasley and Sobota, uh, it's things like that. But, um, again, it's, at least it's, you know, Ryan, it's, it's fun to talk about football again. You know, it's, it's, yeah, it's preseason, it's polls, um, a lot of very good writers that are voting on this stuff that know their stuff, but it's still, it's fun to talk about and hopefully camp's going to be fun to talk about, but, um, I like Wyoming. I just kind of like where Wyoming is sitting going into this season. I just do. I don't know what it is. It's not like some of those, like Joe Glenn's second year where they were picked dead last as Joe Glenn was adamantly would remind people, you know, it's not like that, but there's just, I don't just, I just don't think a lot of people expect much from Wyoming. And I would venture to guess a lot of people in this league don't either. And so I kind of like this. I like this for Wyoming and maybe they use that as fuel. Maybe not. Maybe they don't care. But I kind of like where Wyoming's sitting going into this season. Now that you don't have to, you know, worry about working this event and uh, are kind of, you know, observing it as more of a, a fan type of situation, what are a couple questions you would like Craig Bull or the players to answer this at this event leading into the, the fall camp? I would like to know for, from, from Craig's standpoint, I know you've talked to him a lot about this, about, you know, this was the first time they're kind of rehashing what happened in the off season about, you know, the, um, you know, the portal exits for Wyoming. The first time the portal really had an impact on Wyoming football, not that it hadn't on, had on a lot of other schools, but this was the first time Wyoming experienced it and just kind of get a, a take, not just from Craig, but also the players of just how they feel where the, the culture, the state of the program is, you know, I know there's some unknowns with guys going to have to step into new roles on the field that we, we see that every year with any team, but I, I'd be more curious to kind of do a, a little deeper dive just to see just kind of what the, what the feel is. And again, I don't know if you can get that from a media days thing. Sometimes you can in a one-on-one situation, but maybe some of the things that surprised them the most that, that didn't just where they stand, you know, just kind of just that general feel. Um, and you know, I'd also like that, you know, again, their expectations. I'm sure these players, I'm sure these coaches have high expectations and just the thoughts of, well, there's not a lot of other people that think you do, Craig, or, you know, Cole or whoever's going to be there. What are their thoughts on that? You know, and maybe thoughts just, you know, how the summer's been with all these new guys coming off of spring. How's that? How's that helped? And, you know, some, I think we all are expecting, uh, uh, you know, what the quarterback battle is going to be like in, in, in camp. Um, what are some other battles, you know, to one, you know, I think quarterback, who's going to, who's going to be the second running back behind Titus Swin? I'd like to know that, you know, I think there's a lot of good candidates. They might be three or four deep, but who's, who's leaning, you know, who are some of the new guys that are, are showing some of the even freshmen just showed in workouts. Those are always the types of things I'm always curious about um, when, uh, when, when media days roll around. All right. I will write those down, Robert, and, and get on that. And, uh, you know, uh, thanks so much for, uh, you know, joining again. Let's do this consistently. Let's have a fun season. And uh, thanks so much for your time and look forward to chatting with you, you know, hopefully in the weeks to come. Always enjoy it, Ryan. You let me know anytime and I'll, I'll be available. This is a lot of fun. I really appreciate it. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. And please, uh, you know, whether you're iTunes or wherever you can find this thing, uh, give it a five-star review and, uh, you know, let's spread the word that, you know, there's a podcast about Wyoming football and basketball and more. And 
and uh, let's get the diehards listening to this thing on their walks with the dog and, and all that stuff. So thanks a lot for tuning in and we will talk to you next time. Thanks.